You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Well, Pascal, this week we are going to talk about Waterworld. This is your film choice. And before we dive into an analysis of the film itself and the marketing campaigns that surround it, let's have a look at the trailer. The sun. For millions of years, the source of life, but for one planet, the source of its demise. The temperatures climbed, the vast fields of ice at its poles melted, and the oceans rose. Centuries later, few people remain on this planet once called Earth. still searches, a woman who still hopes, and a small child who carries the secret to a new beginning. In this place they know only as Water World. They don't make trailers like this anymore. I think we should go back to the days of The Voice. I mean, that guy, it's been part of our life, you know, it would seem for a very long time. You know, you knew that you, you would be well looked after by The Voice or all those trailers. Waterworld, <laughs> 1995, barely two years after you could say the, the birth of the internet in a public domain um, kind of way. And the most misunderstood film, in my view, uh, somehow, part with this reputation being a flop, where in fact it's been financially a success globally over time, I grant you, one that uh, to this day is reviewed by the fans galore, has had the DVD, the Blu-rays, the 4K releases, you know, and talking about even a TV series. Uh, it's just um, an interesting one for us to explore. But yeah, I went to the movies in 95, like many people, and, and and watched it and i absolutely loved the universe the world setting the, the i loved obviously 
the Mariner played by Kevin Costner and this catamaran, you know, this kind of, uh, his little, literally it was like a little bubble mm-hmm. on this ocean. I mean, if you are one of the, the 10 people who have not seen Waterworld, uh, <laughs> in, uh, the, this takes place in the future. The ice cap has melted completely and the world is entirely made of water. And a small band of, of survivors are looking for land and a young girl enola has a map tattooed on her back that could take people to the promised land and so it goes on yeah water world what did you make of it well pascal i don't think that i've seen this film since we went to the cinema to see it after its original release so my memories of are very very vague i remember at the time thinking maybe that it was Mad Max in bo- on boats instead yeah. of Mad Max in cars. I had that image in my head that Kevin Costa was playing a very, very similar character to Mad Max, perhaps not as um, as uh, as mad. But, you know, the, the the vibe was there. Dennis Hopper was that sort of just, I mean, he's always a manic villain, isn't he, Dennis <laughs> Hopper? What am I saying? But, yeah. you know what I like. Um, so I, I do remember being amazed by how on earth must they have done this? You know, they've spent all that time in the water. But I don't genuinely have either positive or negative thoughts about it. It's just a film I saw, probably enjoyed at the time, but it's not one that I've sought out on Blu-ray or DVD. I don't own a copy of it on Blu-ray or VHS or whatever. Um, It's just one of those films. And I don't know whether I've become a victim of the, the negativity that surrounds this film and that I need to and I probably will review it now having had this conversation. But yeah, it it was a good film, but it's just not one that's um, stuck in my mind. And, you know, like a film like Lord of the Rings would or Die Hard that I constantly go back to, this is one that I just haven't gone back to. And I don't know why. And that's what I want to really explore because, of course, with the benefit of hindsight, which is, you know, um, almost very, very unfair. So... Going back to going back in time, literally, this movie was released in the summer mm-hmm. uh, in the US and the UK, nineteen ninety five. Then there was a very sluggish rollout across the rest of the world to the point where it was in the autumn when it was released in France, and that's tricky because this was really a, a desire by I'm going to say Universal. I could be completely wrong. It is Universal. <laughs> Universal. It was back to this idea of the summer blockbuster. This is meant to be the summer bl- blockbuster. But you have an issue because actually, once you do the research, and as I discovered, because I have a copy of the full version, which is around three hours long, we went to the movies to see a version that was two hours and 15, 45 minutes is a hell of a lot of um, kind of slicing and dicing, hacking away, which means that what they had to strip out was the the, the storyline and the bonding between the mariner uh kevin costner and the young girl because of the beginning and and you know more around the world and the survival and actually they spend a bit longer on, on the island so maybe already we we have a compromised product you know to use the term when you go to the movies but this movie inherited this unfair reputation um and i do say unfair because if you look at the financials it was fine i mean you know they, they made their money and more and um, it was so good that people did a novel there was video again there was even an official pinball machine there's uh, in all the major uh, uh, universal parks, you know, Hollywood, Singapore, in Japan, and Beijing, they have a water world 
uh, zone where there's uh, stunts and the storyline is being retold and so on. So they're not particularly in, embarrassed about it. Um, they're even talking about doing a TV series with the director of Prey. So for me, this movie began but being condemned by the critics whilst in production because of what people took exception to the runaway cost and budget. So they were saying, hang on a minute, this is costing far too much money. Um, and my reaction is, well, whose money is it? You know, what, what, why would you have such a strong view? And as you read and learn, uh, you know, particularly from interviews from Kevin Costner and the others, they were besieged by problems, you know, bad weather, damaged sets. They had to rebuild them again. There was obviously people falling ill um, and so on and so forth. And his view was, he always said to Universal Pictures, this is a $120 million movie, $140. They said, well, we'll give you half. So as a true entrepreneur, he took half and then got what he wanted in the end. And then, of course, they had to add more to, for delays, repairs, and so on. Because of that, they also spent money on marketing, which you and I would approve. But that caused critics to be even more offended for some reason about how dare you spend your own money on, on marketing. But, you know, when you have ambition like they had to create this world and natural elements working against you, you've got to spend the money. But that was just um, the most bizarre. And um, experts suggest that was the beginning of some of the poor use of the internet because, of course, critics who had little to say and do by the, um, the movie because of the secrecy, they went on to criticize you know, the production cost. Why did they launch such a truncated version, Pascal? Did you discover the reason for that? Was that a, a decision by the the studio that it was just too long and we want you to edit yeah, it down they there was two things they lost their nerves yes. they believed that they could get more bombs on seats not wishing to be crude by the expression but yeah. in one day how many sittings can you get yeah. it's a bit like you know uh using the aircraft analogy how many seats can you have on the boeing 747 and they, they really lost their nerves because of um, the mounting kind of negative feelings about it. And I'm going to add a layer of that. I think in general, the industry just had um, something with Kevin Costner. They just didn't seem to really warm to the guy. But this is a man that gave us Dances with Wolves, JFK, uh, Robin Hood. And I don't know, there was something going on and they had to react accordingly. Yeah, I mean, do you think it was anything to do with the competition from other films? I mean, there was certainly a lot of fairly um, sizable um, hits coming out in 1995, to Toy Story, Stargate, Braveheart, Bridges Over Madison County, The Usual Suspects, Seven, oh, wow. Heat, 12 Monkeys, Goldeneye. It was a bumper year for... I mean, look how many of those we've actually reviewed on the show. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe they just decided we need to we need to try and make this more pacey. We need to uh, mm. cut it down to, to to fit it in, as you say. I mean, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm suddenly being thrown back in time to '95. That was a good year to be yeah. a movie fan. My yeah. goodness, I'd forgotten about all that. Yeah. So, so I think for me, you know, maybe as well with hindsight. So the desire to literally blow people's minds and and surprise them and you know they didn't want to reveal about the, the world of water world you know they wanted to 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 shock you they didn't even want to reveal for example the opening talking about the opening scene so the opening scene is really quite famous nowadays because it's about the universal logo around the the globe 
And then slowly but surely, as the camera is swooping in, the um, ice cap is melting, which you can see. And little by little, the whole world becomes blue. And then you crossfade to um, you know the real um, world. This was 1995, Roger. This was like a, a, quite a coup in terms of technology. But they thought, no, 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 let's not show that to people. We want that to be revealed at the movies. So I think the secrecy also fueled this strange, strange attack uh, on the film by critics because once people went to see the movie, they, they loved it, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, it, is, it is bizarre. So, so what did they do with the marketing then, given the fact that they seem to be stacking the deck against themselves? Well, quite a bit. So... They began by releasing, obviously, quite striking um, posters. The one that we know universally is that picture of Kevin Costner stu stu standing out there, dressed, I would agree, that kind of Manmath-esque Man uh, outfit with a kind of harpoon gun, the term Walter World, and at his feet, you've got essentially the only kind of um, bit of oasis in, in this world, and, and, and Kevin Costner. And then the other one that, that, that was done, but I think it was more for the US market, was more of a two-column design on one hand, you've got the water with um, what we learned to be then the symbol of how to get to the promised land, mm. and then a close-up of Kevin Costner's face, and and you do that. And I think with hindsight, they could have done more with all the other characters. Mm. Uh, again, time constraints, briefs, you know, we don't know what, what it is. And then very quickly, they released a teaser trailer. Well, that was quite enigmatic on purpose. They were showing the world, the characters, as one. There was not the narration that we heard a moment ago from The Voice. Mm -hmm. um, and really, people could see that this is actually a action-packed, entertaining movie for the family. I think that was also there for, for the family market. And then you had, obviously, later on, the, the um, official trailer that we watched and heard. So what did they do to kind of counter this kind of strange, strange um, attack. Then they invested, which is where the budget went in, in quite a significant number of TV spots mm. and radio spots. So thanks to the wonderful people on YouTube who are kind of the kind of librarians and archivists of the internet, I managed <laughs> to discover about 15 different um, TV spots, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, extended TV spots of two minutes. And what was interesting, I'm going to take you back to the um, content spotlights. All the TV spots had a different opening scene. Yeah. So going back to the characters, sometime we heard the voice of Deacon, you know, played by Dennis Hopper. Sometimes it was Jim Triplehorn. Sometimes it was different characters. So whilst in general they all said the same thing, the way they started was always different. I thought it was actually, you know, what you would expect, but we're going back to 95, of course, and that's really quite, um, quite, quite fun to see. So you've got all of that going on, but I think they had to go beyond, and they realized that maybe the desire to surprise the audience but not revealing too much had worked against them. So then you move into magazines, you move into TV, radio, chat shows, and so on. And interestingly, Kevin Costner in particular spent quite a bit of time explaining how hard it had been to make Waterworld and what they were up against and so on. And almost, you know, had that rekindled the respect of saying, this is about ambition, this is about vision, and we now kind of get it more. And that encouraged people to go and see it. But, you know, all magazines from mainstream 
kind of um, lifestyle magazine all the way to movie publication. They had Kevin Costner um, on, on the front cover. For my part, I think at the time I was reading Total Film as, as a magazine. Did you ever kind of follow ma- film magazines at all yourself? Oh, oh yes. I, um, I started buying Empire magazine. Right, much as soon as it was originally published, and I do re- I do remember buying Total as well. Um, funnily enough, I don't really follow either of those their um, web b- versions. Um, I, I I I I don't know why. I don't know why I've never um, followed them online. Maybe it was things like Internet Movie Database has just sort of uh, <laughs> uh, taken taken that gap. I mean, to me, this it's it's interesting because we've reviewed a, quite a few films with ensemble casts, haven't we? Um, where their marketing has focused on each of the individual characters, and the two that come to mind straight away: Death on the Nile. And also mm. the, the the work that we looked at for the TV series of the Rings of Power, you know, each of the characters had their own posters. Each of the characters had their own almost like um, mini TV spots, uh, trailers, whatever it was, or focusing in on the costume, focusing in on their character traits, and this, that, and the other. And to me, this would have been so apt for this film they could have done a focus on kevin costner and on enola and on gene triple horn's character and of course dennis hopper's character with his you know with all of his um, costumes and his mannerisms and that and i think they did miss a trick there to focus in on the characters and maybe that would have made the film more about everybody rather than just another vehicle for kevin costner yeah, no, I, th- I think that's that's very very fair. You know, again, hindsight is is, is, yeah. is wonderful things, and uh, and for me, I, I really understand why they didn't want to reveal. It's a bit like the Mandalorian, you know, keeping Grogu hidden from the from us and and Luke Skywalker return. I totally understand that, and that didn't work for them. Uh, mm-hmm. That just get, get, uh, created um, a void. Of information and news that was filled in by essentially rubbish and just actually ill f- feelings, which I don't think were justified. I mean, to the point where so they spend an absolute fortune, therefore, on the TV, radio spots, and, and magazines. They went went ahead and began the process of introducing Waterworld attraction uh, <laughs> as an area within the Universal Studios theme park. But why wouldn't you? you know, it's your it's your domain. Yeah. They even had uh, research would suggest a partnership with Coca Cola, where they had a limited edition uh, Waterworld um, soda cans. So back to you know your <laughs> reference to the water earlier, and each can featured images from the movie. So if somebody has now from 1995 one of those, it must be worth an absolute fortune. <laughs> um, and so they went on with um, showcasing the music, um, doing the making of documentaries. But I would say after the release, and and maybe. Um, that wasn't quite enough. But they carried on, and the movie got that. And I think for me, the, it peaked in 98 when the um, TV network ABC finally, finally aired the nearly three-hour version. They removed bits and bobs that um, was about swearing and, and too much violence, but people could see the three-hour version, and that renewed interest in the movie. For my part, in 95 96 i was working in a video rental store i was just finishing mm. my studies to then become a young marketing officer and that movie water world uh, the cassette we just cassette for our younger viewers and listeners was out all of all the, time. the time people loved watching it in the home environment and in fact its success really was in, in a home in, in entertainment front 
That's really interesting how this this has played out, isn't it? I mean, mm. I, I think about some of those other films we mentioned that came out the same year, you know, Heat, Goldeneye. Yeah. You know, you could you could argue that yes, this film was a victim of the early internet and maybe the internet and the way the internet interacts with people and, and the critics and the fact that we could now communicate more widely. You'd think that that almost like scapegoating might have been evident with other films but i don't remember there being that sort of negativity surrounding any of those other films in fact they all probably benefited from the early days of the internet whereas this one just seems to have been a victim of it the other question i was going to ask you now is that I, as i say I, I don't have the dvd i don't i never bought the vhs what was released on blu-ray was it is it is it now always been the three hour version? Or so, that so if you go for the um, yeah, if you go for the distributor Arrow Video, which I think are based in Europe primarily, you have yeah. two versions. You have the theatrical version, yeah. and you have what they call the Ulysses cut, which is just <laughs> short of you know three hours. And the three hour version is a different experience altogether. We couldn't well imagine 45 minutes extra in character development, mm -hmm. in scene setting. You spend longer at the end on the island as well. It, it makes a lot of more sense. You understand more by Nola as well, origin, but also the build-up of the relationship, which has a bit at, at, at the start is completely fractious between the mar mariner. And which I think is also so clever. You know, there's no, this is a man with no name, the mariner. Yes. And then in the relationship with um, Helen, played by Jim Triplehorn, and Enola and how eventually he's changed. This is his, his kind of hero's journey um, for himself as well. It's just um, described a lot better. There's also, because of the three hours, you know, a longer spent in um, looking at the water and the beauty of sunsets and so on. There's also things going on. So if anyone can get their hands on a copy, it's available, you can buy it online now, um, you, you, you will be a different viewing experience for sure. So I think I do need to revisit this film, um, and you've you've inspired me to revisit this film, <laughs> Pascal, but I am going to look for the Ulysses cut, I think, and I do think it needs to be uh, it needs to be enjoyed in 4K if that Ulysses cut is available in 4K. So I'm actually really quite looking forward to seeing this film again and to you know to to reflect upon the fact that maybe the critics, were unduly harsh on this and, and just the, the fledgling early days of the internet actually created a scapegoat mm. out of this film for, for reasons that we probably will never know. No, absolutely. So thank you very much. You know, it's been enjoyable to research it. I, I learned so much I didn't know about, but that, that link to marketing, to this idea of a well-intentioned desire to surprise and you know, or inspire audiences that somehow backfired because you leave, like I said, this void and people want the news. They want to have something and sadly they latch on to the negativity. And and going back to the budget, which seems to have somehow offended people like when you spend your own money. Two years later, of course, we had Titanic. Yes. That was even more expensive and nobody had anything. Well, maybe they did and maybe I've missed it. But, you know, I mean, uh, and so for me, Waterworld was also setting the trend into ambition, some of the blockbusters and let's spend the money that, that, that is ours. Why wouldn't we? Yeah, and of course, Titanic was nearly three hours long as well, if I remember <laughs> right. That's true, yeah. There you go. So, Pascal, great choice of film. Thanks for that. Thanks for all the research you've done. And thank you, everybody who watched 
or listened to episode 95 of Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. We've really enjoyed this episode. Some great content spotlights, some great shout-outs, some great news items. Just I'm just getting a really good vibe about everything we've discussed today. So thanks ev- again, everybody. Please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please do let us have your comments. You can talk to us on the YouTube channel. You can talk to us on Twitter. You can leave us a message on Spotify on uh, SpeakPipe, and just let us know what films you'd like us to review. Let us know what content is inspiring your marketing. So until the next episode, please go out there and make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Roger Edwards, and he was Pascal Fintoni. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 